You're listening to a message from Stonegate Church in Midlothian, Texas. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, visit Stonegate-Church.com. Hey, good morning, Arthur. How's it going, sir? Man, it is uh, indeed a, uh, a pleasure to be here on uh, this morning uh, to bring uh, God's Word. We'll be looking at uh, Mark chapter 10. And so with that, let me pray. Uh, let me pray. Father, your goodness overwhelms me. Your grace, it floods my heart. And God, for that, I just want to say thank you. We need you. No, no matter what the world might say, society may teach, Father, apart from you, the truth is, as a child of yours, we can do nothing. So, Father, speak to us now. Allow your spirit now, God, to have his way as he proclaimed the excellencies of Christ. And as we hear from our loving Father, we thank you, we love you, we ask it in Christ's name now. Amen. Mark, uh, Mark chapter 10, that's where we'll be reading uh, from today. I just want to just bring some, uh, I want to highlight some things in this chapter before we get to uh, the meat of our text. Uh, I think on last Sunday, Rodney did an excellent, God used Rodney in an excellent way to, to show us marriage, divorce, and remarriage, and how and God's view on all of that. Uh, and so if you were not here on last Sunday, that's probably a sermon you want to really listen to. But also in Mark chapter 10, uh, around verses 17 through 31, there's the idea of this young, rich ruler trying to ascertain life or eternal life on his own ability and with his riches. If you move down further in Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45, you have these knuckleheads, again, these, these disciples who seem to not, be, to not be able to get it right. I mean, they, you, got, you got the brother saying, God, put me on this side of the throne, and on this side of the throne, and then Christ has to, has to remind them that, you have, that in order to be great in the kingdom, you have to be servant of all. He just told them this in, in Mark chapter 9. We are in Mark 10 today, and they still are going and having this, this problem. And so what I've come to realize is that the disciples and I have the same sickness. It's called... You, it's, I can't get it right, Ice. Uh, we have the 
inflammation of, I just can't get it right. And, and we all have it. And, and we, we, we look at and we are somewhere at times kind of cynical towards them. But man, but man, I was telling the guy a while ago, the disciples give me great hope. That if God can use these knuckleheads, I mean, who just can't seem to get it right, how about me? And they had the greatest teacher of all times. And if they walked with God and could not get it right, boy, God, thank you for the boys. Uh, such an encouragement to me. Uh, and, so, and so you have this idea of, 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 of marriage. You have this idea of one trying to gain eternal life. You have this idea of them wanting to be uh, 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 great in the kingdom. And in Christ, he nails them with this one scripture in Mark chapter 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom of many. Man, I, I just, you know, in today's culture and society, man, we so badly want to be served. We want folk to be at our beck and call. I was, I was at a conference on yesterday, and my friend, my homie, JP, John Piper preached. And, uh, man, <laughs> it was crazy because you had everybody. I mean, he didn't start until 7 o'clock. It was packed at the door at 6 o'clock. People, I heard a grown man say, I just I desire for John Piper to spit on me. Huh? Uh, like he good, but he ain't that good. You know, I don't need no one has to spit on me. Uh, you know, but man, man, but man, but man, but you saw man, and that the idea of this whole conference, man, was really man, just lingering man with God and trying to know God better, man. And man, I think that we all, in some sense, because I went there trying to get better at, at lingering. I think that we all have this, this this ambition to be better at marriage. We have this this ambition to uh, 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 man, man, to enjoy eternal life. We we do want to serve, and man, but but God, but how do we how do we ascertain? How do we accomplish? How how do we become? How do we have a great marriage? How how do I enjoy eternal life? How do I learn how to be a slave to all and last to all? Know that you in return will hook me up. The answer is found in four verses of this chapter. Mark chapter uh, 10 uh, verse 13 reads, And when they were bringing children to him, that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child should not enter in it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. How? How do we have, how do we produce a great marriage, a healthy marriage, one that 
does not end up in divorce? How do we enjoy eternal life? How do we learn how to enjoy being less? It's becoming like a child. That's the key. And, and man, we have so many people wanting to be old real fast. But then you have the old people wanting to be young real fast. There's this paradox going on. You want to be old? I want to be young. It's like, I mean, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it, it just pervades our culture. But the idea of what Christ wants to extend is that having this childlike faith, coming like a child, is not something you start with. It's something you maintain until Christ come back, comes back. So you find, so, so we see here, first of all, that in this text we see uh, uh, the indignation of Christ. Christ is hot. He is irate at the disciples. And let's see why. It says uh, 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 in verse Verse 13, and when they were bringing the children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. So here's the idea. You don't see it, but let me, let me show it to you. You have these, these adults who are bringing these children so that Christ might touch them. This word touch means to grab, to, to, to hold in a firm way, uh, 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 to, to give value to. So, 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 and it was a customary, and it was customary of, of the Hebrews of that time for, for the parents to bring their child to a rabbi to bless them, to touch them, and to bless them. And so Jesus, he is the rabbi. I mean, he, he's the man. And so he's over there doing his thing, and then he, he looks over and he sees, huh, what, what are y'all doing? I just told y'all in Mark chapter 9. If you offend one of these little ones, it's best that you drown yourself than live on. So he's, he's hot. Because here's it is. Because, because the disciples have been uh, 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 taught or indoctrinated by their culture. Culture says that if a child is under 12 years old, we have no need for them. They, they, can, they cannot add any benefit to the kingdom of God. And so the disciples believe this, and they, and they don't understand that all is created in the image of God. So because they all bear his image, they all have value. But society has said something. As a matter of fact, fathers at this time have the ability to throw their kids into trash, sell them into prostitution. The fathers have this right with the kids during this time. So what you see, Christ, who became a child to become a savior, he's taken up for those who have no value according to them. He's, he's about to readjust the disciples' value system. The kingdom always goes against culture when the culture is about sin, self, and Satan and never about God. Christ has come to set our values right. So you have this, this going on. But I was listening to a sermon of, uh, by my boy, JP, John Piper. Yeah, that's my boy. We know we, we, are, you know, we, we are cool like that. 
I can call him JP, you can't. Uh, 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 listening to one of his sermons, and what I, here's, here's what I, I, I see is that, is that he, he informs us that not only did the disciples have an issue, but America today has an issue. Let me read for you. There are more than a half of me, a half a million children who are in the, who are in the U.S. foster system. Forty percent of the kids in the U.S. go to bed without a father. One point seven million children will have a parent in prison this Christmas. Piper says America is one of the most violent countries in the world against its own children. Not only do we kill a million and a half preborn children a year, but 22% of them in America live in poverty. One out of every four girls under 18 have, has been sexually abused by someone close to her. Possibly as high as 30% of all mental retardation uh, may be owing to fetal alcohol syndrome. One study of 36 hospitals showed that in 10% of the pregnancies, uh, mothers use drugs during, during pregnancy. And 89% of the school teachers surveyed report that abuse and neglect of children are a problem in their education. The American home is increasingly an unsafe place for children to be. There and there, then you got, there's a dot, dot, dot. I didn't put it there. Dot, dot, dot. And there is no better place. Dot, dot, dot. The family is God's will and answer to this epidemic. The church is the answer. Now, I say that in a very selfish way. I went and shared these stats with my wife. Baby, look at these stats. I mean, I mean this is, this is uh, astounding. And she said, well, what are we going to do about it? Well, no, 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 I didn't come to you. For that, I, I wanted to inform you of what was going on in, going on in America. I, I, no, 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 no. We, we're not, we're not going to make a difference. No, no, no. We, we have a son that's 22 almost at the house, off the payroll, come May. I, I have a daughter. I'm praying that, that God somehow remove her past 3 to 18 in two years. I need her off the payroll real fast. We're not trying to bring another baby in to take money out of my Ross account. Marshalls. Dillard's, that's, that's my store. And, 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 and if a child comes, I, I can't splurge anymore. And that God was saying, son, you, 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 you sound quite selfish. I said, God, that's a no-brainer. I, I, I am selfish. You know me. <laughs> so how do I, son, how do you allow me to fix that? I said, God, I'm your son. You tell me how. I didn't tell this to my wife then. Barbara said, now, we have to adopt. You know, and, and my, I know she's going to kill me after this, but hey, if y'all don't see me next Sunday, I, I'm in heaven. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. 
It's probably been about 17 months uh, prior to coming to Stonegate where we came here with a whole lot of debt. Rodney words were, hey, you made a mess of this. Dave said, man, how much do you love that truck? That's my Tundra. I love I want to have it six months. That's my truck. I mean, come on. What, what, what are you saying, Dave? Sell it. Get a debt. Now, I'm thinking I've got a debt so I can start saving up a whole lot of money, man. And here I am realizing at the end of the day, God said, I didn't call, I didn't bless you for you. I blessed you for someone else. So if the Lord say the same, and I think he is, that's a lie, I know he is. We have to get into the adoption process soon. But to be a, a great picture of the gospel, we refuse to adopt preference-wise an African-American child. We want to be a great picture of how God intended for the kingdom to look. And there's no way to, there's no greater picture of buying into it by adopting intentionally that way. And what a joy it is to be in a church that, that sees this epidemic because God sees it and then to be willing to make a difference about it. We are at a church that, that understands that because we've been adopted, we should also adopt. And if you can't do it for any other reason, I mean, you can support through prayers and through finances. I mean, there, there's a, a way for you to support those who have already begun and did the process. So we celebrate adoption. We celebrate those who have sacrificed their, their, their extra money for the kingdom and who have decided not to live in a very comfortable way for the sake of the kingdom, to, uh, for the kingdom to be a great picture of what Christ has done for us. We celebrate adoption in foster care. And we're so glad of you who have started, those who have, those who have, those who have supported the people who started. We, 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 set, we, we take this time to say thank you for being a part of the solution. Amen? So we have this indignation of Christ because of how the... Now, you have to understand that, 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 that he's going to now invite, Christ is going to invite the ones that the disciples deem unvaluable. So the invitation to the kingdom is not to those who are bringing the kids, but to the kids themselves. And so with this, let me just give you some, uh, 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 some feedback. When you look at Luke chapter uh, 18, verse 15, the idea is that these babies being carried are sucklings. They're infants. They're under four years old. Now, some would say up to 12, but we see it in Luke 18, 15, that he mentions the, the word infants or sucklings. So this morning, 
uh, before I came here, I, I, I went by my favorite place. Uh, uh, that is Starbucks. Got me a skinny vanilla latte, extra hot. But as I walked inside there, what I saw was a child, an infant, in a car seat on the table with their parents. He was smiling. He was handing out, you know, he was wanting milk and, 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 and man, and, and you saw the, the father and the mother tend to him. You saw the mother get him out and she took him in the back, I guess, to change him and all of this stuff. But man, but I saw really a great picture of what we are to be like spiritually with God. That we are to like a child to really to depend on God. So let me just flesh this out in just a few ways. When I look at a child, what I see of a child, I have a child that's three years old, and Naraya at three is not the same when she was six months. Something happened. I don't, I don't know what happened. She, 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 she just changed on me. I mean, what, what happened to you? I mean, how are you telling me what to do? I'm the daddy. You listen to me. I'm the daddy. And she's, she's just bossing me around. But at six months, she was precious. <laughs> Kiss that word. Goo goo gaga. I, I love it. I, I just loved it. So she would make these, so she would make these, 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 these gestures. And I loved it. But she was so simple. She was so believing. She, she knew that her dad and mom had her. That if she said, or if she made poop, we were there. But mom was first. I was last. I wasn't trying to do it yet. Now I'm, I'm, let, me, let me get used to it, huh? Uh, that doesn't smell too good. I mean, let me just get used to it. I mean, but th- that was this idea of she had a simple trust about it. She wasn't doubting her mom and dad. She wasn't questioning her mom and dad. She wasn't cynical. She had a simple faith. Simple faith that whatever mom and dad, whatever I need, mom and dad, they're going to be there for me. And so and I, I think man, that's, that's what God is saying with us. How is your faith? Is it simple? Or is it complex? Are you trying to out-reason God? Are you trying to, are, are you doubting God? Or is your faith just simple? But not only does a child have uh, uh, a simple faith, children are affectionate. I don't know where my baby got this from, Mariah, but she has this thing now that when she, I mean, I went outside one day, I, I needed a book, so I went outside, went downstairs, got a book. I was gone for, for, for at least three minutes. I got back upstairs, she grabbed my leg, kissed my leg, daddy, I missed you, I was just gone for two minutes. I, I, why, I mean, daddy, but I missed you, I can't say, I'm like, I'm like, ho, 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 ho. Is this what God both of us to be affectionate, to be appreciative. Man, now I'm not talking about Stonegate. I'm talking about a church I visited last week where I went to a church and when I saw them proclaiming in song and word of the excellencies of Jesus, I saw people with their hands in their pockets Arms folded, 
as if God owed them everything they had. But no parent would want their child not to be affectionate towards them. No child would. No parent wants an affection. Is that a word? A child that's not affectionate. I'm going that way. No, no, no. Who does? But I think that's what I, I mean. But I think that's what we do with God. I mean, God, even though I won't differently, I'm gonna give you this. But a child, my daughter, man, she kisses me, man, and I love it, man. I love it. I love it. She's a, in public and private. We're kissing on the lips, on the mouth. It's kind of creepy. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I, I'm, but, but yeah. How about you? What's your affection scale for God? Or have you, I thought, affection? Or do you look to other people who have done nothing for you at all and you don't display your affection for God? But not only do I, did I see that a child was simple, that, that, that they are simple and that they are affectionate. Man, listen, the only thing that my child comes with or came with at three and even now is poop. Mess. She, she, she has nothing to offer me at all. Nothing but a smile and now being bossy. But when she was six months, she pooped and whined and we loved it. <laughs> this is our baby. We, I mean, we, we love this man yet and she's not talking yet. Great. She had nothing to offer, but we loved her. Christ said that there's a problem amongst my children. I've given them a few things, a few talents and gifts, and they are coming to me like I owe them. When, 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 when I saw this baby this morning, I mean, she, was just, she knew she had nothing to offer, and she was cool with that. Here's what I'm saying. God has said, everything you got, I gave it to you. I don't want that. I want you. I want you. And how many of us, man, are trying to impress God with degrees, with money, because, God, look what I've done. Look what I got. God has said, so what? I want you to see it. Come to me like a child. I don't want your theology. That's my theology. That's the, you, you, you are talking about me. I just want you. I won't. You come empty, I'll fill your cup for free. What a deal. Try to do that at your nearest car salesman or your car lot or at McDonald's or I don't care how cheap Walmart is, you still have to pay for it. But God has said, if you come empty, I'll make sure, I'll make sure I give you much. Somehow, some way, we've allowed what God has done in our life based off his grace to be a means of us having approval and acceptance. And God said, I can tell you that because I'm good and nothing else. Are we coming to God empty? Or are we coming, God, with all of these 
false accolades, thinking that we can impress God or his people. God is saying, come with nothing. But then he says, uh, uh, last, what I, what I see is that a child displays humility. By that I mean a child uh, is helpless and they are dependent. When Neriah was zero, for sure, she never was zero. When she was one, one minute old, and when she was an infant, she never fixed a plate. She never changed herself. She, she never took a bath. She needed us to do everything. Everything. Now she's three, she's grown. But I remember when she wasn't grown, she was young, and she needed us for everything. I, 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 I quote this scripture a lot, and it says, and watch, I'm going to quote it and watch us finish it. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Lean not to all of your understanding. But in some of your ways, acknowledge God, and he, he might direct your path. That's heresy. God has said, I want you not only to trust me, but in Matthew 22, I, I desire for you to love me with, with all your heart, mind, soul, and your strength. I, I want it all so you cannot depend on you whatsoever. And here's the problem. We give God some of it, and we do the rest. And we always make a mess. Because there's some part of us thinking, man, I've arrived to a certain status, a, a certain degree, I, I gotta, I'm, 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 I'm kind of smart now, so you know what, I can do this on my own. Yeah, here's what I realized, been married for, a little, no, not un, uh, uh, under 10 years. I, in no shape, form, or fashion can love my wife. It is impossible. If God does not lead me and empower me to do such. I was telling y'all a few weeks, months ago, I was in Hebrew and I was struggling. I didn't know I was going to make it or not. Came out of there this past message, y'all, with, with a B plus. See, you can't fluff Hebrew. Either you know it or you don't know it. But here's what I did. I, I began to pray. God, listen to me. If, if you don't help me, your boy going to fail. Point out. I mean, I, I'm not that smart to know this guy. I really need your help. That was a, a plea for God. Please help me. And God would say, sir, the same way you begged me for Hebrew, beg, beg me for marriage, beg me for, for, for your growth, beg me, son, for parenting, beg me, son, for, beg me for discipleship, the same way you beg about Hebrew and you need me, that needs to be the mark of your entire life and everything. Can I admit to you that it has not been? And that I still struggle with it. He doesn't want you to outgrow him. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't want you to outgrow. You need him. No matter what society has said, no matter how much they lie to you, you need him. You're not that smart. And you're not that rich. 
do you need? If he doesn't carry you, you won't make it. It's not the tension you feel every day or how you outgrown God. My uncle back in the day said, I pity the man who has grown in God. He never wanted you to become grown. He wanted you to stay like a baby and to be, to be simple, to be affectionate, to need him for everything and to be humble about everything. And then you see how he takes this, these physical attributes to equate for them getting into a spiritual place. So he's, he's saying that a child has these, these few states uh, or conditions. They are this. And, and physically, you need to be this to enter here spiritually. So there's this idea of an invitation to the kingdom of God. But, but you cannot get there unless you become like them. And so let's just, 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 uh, 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 just quickly, let me describe for you or define for you what is the kingdom of God. It is an active and dynamic truth referring to God's sovereign activity and ruling over all of his creation. It is God's present spiritual rule in the lives of his children. So whenever someone comes to faith, his kingdom expands on earth. He's ruling it because he's God. But whenever someone comes to faith, his kingdom on the ground expands. Because now the kingdom is in their heart. And that's Christ. Then you have the idea of it is the future kingdom where full rulership and the actual presence of the King Jesus will occur when he returns to, hey, hey, we haven't seen nothing yet. He's ruling and reigning, but, but we see this dimly. But when our Lord and Savior returns back on earth, as they say in the hood, it's on and popping. Because Christ is then. He's then going to show his glory. Well, there will be no need for sun, for moon. He and his father, he, the father and the son will be the light and we will enjoy him and his rule and reign forever. But there's an injunction. There's an injunction in this. And I, that sounds really good that, that, that I'm going to get to go in a place where I can't even pronounce the diamonds. I'm looking forward to that. But there's an injunction. In verse 15, it says, Truly I say to you that, that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall, shall not enter it. And he, uh, and he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Now, in verse 15, they have what they call a double negation going on in, in, uh, in this text. So a negation is added to add a certain emphasis that, that, that the author and that God desires to point out. As an example, in, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, where it says that the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. In that particular verse, there are five negations. And he's, see, 
God is about to, God is using bad language to create a, a great theology. What he's saying is that I will never, no, not ever, never forsake you. Bad grammar, but great theology. And what God is saying this to me, in order for you to enter into the kingdom of God, you must know, you must, and you cannot know, not ever enter into the kingdom unless you become like a child. And you got a lot of grown folk trying to go in the kingdom. It's not happening. Because there is no way that you're going to get in if you remain grown. You have to become like a child. And here's the key, to stay like one. Stay like one. Stay like one. So, with that being said, let me just uh, uh, put up a few questions, not on the screen, I didn't put them on, but I got it here. How does one enter into the kingdom of God? By faith. A simple faith. Like a child having a new appearance. What does, what should one, uh, what should be produced of the one entering into the kingdom of God? I've, I've noticed, I've noticed in some marriages around here, there's been some happy men. Boy, when they get married on that day, the man is light up. He is just, he just, just starts smiling. There's an affection produce when he says to his bride, I do. I do. That's an affection. And what Christ is saying that when, when, that when I moved you to say I do to me, that should have stirred some affection in you. And that affection should, should keep burning. Should keep burning. What does one need to come with in order to enter into the kingdom of God? What a great exchange. The writer of Isaiah says this. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come. Take your chart of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does not that does you no good, listen to me, and you will eat what is good. Will you enjoy, you, you will enjoy the finest food. Come, he says to me, your ears, with, with your ears wide open, listen, and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promise to David. You come empty, he fills you. You can't get that at Luby's, Golden Corral. You can't get any food without some cash. God is saying, you come empty, I fill your cup. I will feed you with the finest food. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Lastly, I've been attending Stonegate now for almost two years, and man, what I've come to love is are the uh, hymns, are the hymnals. There's great theology in, in the hymnals. 
they sung one to, uh, this morning uh, named The Rock of Ages. So when I ask the question, how do I need to come to enter into the kingdom? This little verse, this little stanza in The Rock of Ages answers it better than I can say it. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. Naked, come to thee for dress. Helpless to thee for grace. You come naked and he will clothe you. You come broke and he'll give you money. Stuff that money can't buy. But you gotta come with nothing. You gotta come needy and dependent and helpless because the truth is, if you come the opposite way, which is a very prideful way, the Bible says that God, He opposes the pride. He makes war with you, but if you would be have a humble disposition, I would give grace to you. And listen, I'm not trying to fight God. His arms are too long and He's too big. I'd rather humble myself and let God give me all the grace I need to be like a child. In closing, maybe you're asking the question, what's the point of all this? It is simply to come to Christ like a child. The only thing that Neriah gave us earlier on when she was a baby was a messy diaper. And God has said, I'll take that. I just, I just need you to come. If you're struggling with any addiction, he's saying, come. If you're, struggling, if you're struggling with gluttony, if you're struggling with porn, if you're struggling in your marriage, if you're struggling in your, uh, with anger or control, if you're struggling with unforgiveness, he bid you to come. Come to me, all ye who are heavy, uh, weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. I will refresh. I will recreate something different for you. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am gentle and meek and ye shall find rest refreshing unto your soul. Why? God tell us why. Because my yoke is easy. My burden is light. If this Christian walk is getting too hard for you, You've taken a weight you was not built to carry. If it's getting kind of hard, you've, 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 you've grabbed something that you shouldn't have grabbed. Cast all your curse upon him because he cares for you. Father, we thank you for who you are. God, here's, here's, here is the marvelous truth about all of this. All this that we could not do, Christ has done already. 
That's the beauty of all God. That, that, that Christ, the Bible says, only did what he saw his father do, only said what his father said to say. He, he, he submitted to the T on our behalf. That he was so dependent on you in the flesh to do the work you called him, Father, to do. But Father, we come now, God, just giving glory to him and to what he's done. And Father, we thank you even today just for the simple reminder and challenge to come like a child. That what they are physically, we are to be spiritually. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonegate Church, located in Midlothian, Texas. For service times, additional audio and study resources, as well as information about our church, please visit us at stonegate-church.com.